Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, you're listening to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. You're about to listen to Dr. Paria Hasori. And Paria has been in Expressing Motherhood at least two times. I'm pretty sure twice. And she's a pediatrician here in Los Angeles. She's a mother of three. And she loves Malbec, Jane Austen, high heels, craft beer, and every carbohydrate she's ever met. And she's just super cool, I have to say. She always wears high heels, at least when I see her, if not her tennis shoes when she's running. And she actually ran her first marathon in her 40s. She discovered that while her legs were moving, her mind would narrate words that she'd scribble down in a rush when she got home. She has written about her daughter, whom you're about to hear about, in the Washington Post, about the interplay of motherhood and pediatrics on Kevin M.D., and about how running transformed her life in Women's Running Magazine. Her story is so beautiful, um, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in to hear it. It's also of interest, I think, to note that this all came about her um, daughter first presented last year. So it's all fairly very recent. Anyway, without further ado, here is Paria and Expressing Motherhood. Give Aydin a hug and a kiss from me for his birthday, although I know he's allergic to hugs. My older sister wrote on my Facebook wall once about my son. On another occasion, my younger sister paid him $5 in exchange for 100 kisses. I can't quite remember exactly when we all started to notice his possible allergy to hugs or other oddities that we just attributed to him being him. If I start from the beginning, I'd have to say he was my most difficult pregnancy as I lay on my couch with IV fluids going through my arm while simultaneously throwing up more liquid than I was gaining intravenously. If there was a colic competition for babies, he would have won. But his colic was soothed by being held, and I actually didn't mind holding him 24-7. Newborns have always been my thing. The toddler years are a bit of a blur. When he wasn't saying any words at 18 months, his pediatrician said to consider speech therapy. As a pediatrician myself, I could tell he was absorbing the world and on the verge of exploding with words. Give him until age two, I said. Sure enough, just before his second birthday, he took a sip from a juice box and declared, that's refreshing. (laughs) Otherwise, I recall his toddler years as really happy. I distinctly remember that while his older brother, whom he has always idolized, was all about superheroes, Aydin was into matchbox cars and trains. He never went anywhere without a Hot Wheel in each hand and um, stuffing more in his pockets. Once I had his younger sister, dolls and tea sets filled our playroom, but he still held on to the cars and to Thomas and Gordon. While his choice of toys did not change with her arrival, slowly my happy boy became difficult again. The plight of the middle child, I guessed. 
When his second grade teacher called asking me to pick him up, I was not surprised. By this time, there had been many calls from school starting in kindergarten. This time it was more serious, at least to his teacher. He told me I wish that when I go to bed, my eyes won't open in the morning. While I guess this statement should have caused me the same alarm bells it did for his teacher, it didn't. I was just tired at this point, tired of spending the first hour of every birthday party getting him to warm up and play with other kids, tired of having a child with a stable, loving family and no stress, often being unhappy for no reason, tired of another inevitable round of therapy that would lead to no revelations. Over the years, he found things to occupy his lonely time. At eight, he memorized an encyclopedia on ocean life and became obsessed with marine biology before losing interest six months later. At 10, he taught himself to read, speak, and write Japanese. On several occasions, I mentioned to my colleague that I'm sure he is somewhere on the genius but Asperger's spectrum. When at 12, he told us he thinks he's bisexual, we were supportive and relatively unfazed. And although I'd sometimes joke about his allergy to hugs, nothing prepared me for the phone call from his school on May 24, 2017. He was 13 years old, and I was on a remote island at a yoga retreat with his dad. We know you're in Thailand, and it's 5 a.m. there, but we still had to call you. He told his teacher he was questioning his gender identity, that he thinks he's a girl. He was engaging in some self-harming because he didn't know how to tell us. My response, well, this can't be true. I know my child. He has never in 13 years behaved in any way that would indicate he may be a girl or have any gender dysphoria whatsoever. Believe me, I would know. This is just another manifestation of his depression, of his not belonging, of him immersing himself into a topic like sharks or Japanese until he moves on to the next thing. Six months later, on Thanksgiving Day, I am ironing my son's dress while the hair is standing on the back of my neck and my heart is beating out of my chest. I've texted my sister so that she can warn my mother that Ideen is coming in a dress and I am furiously praying to a God that my agnostic self has never really believed in. In these last six months, I haven't shut down my racing mind for even one minute. Statements like, I wish, and I want, and I fear, and what if, have taken over my brain and will not give it a moment of respite. I am pleading and bargaining and negotiating with the universe. We are in between our second and third therapist of the last six months, and it seems like this may not be a phase. Dear God or universe, if this is true, why hadn't there been signs? Why didn't he ever want to be a princess or play with dolls or grow his hair or have an interest in baking or any single sign that he may be a girl? Dear universe, please let him be safe. What if he gets beat up or bullied? What if he hurts himself? Please let no one hurt him. Please let me not be scared every time I get a phone call from a number I don't recognize. Dear God, if this is true, please let this not be the first thing people notice about him. My baby is brilliant and has the biggest heart in the world. 
Please let people see that when they see him. Please don't let them see a trans girl before they see the brilliance of his mind or the size of his heart. Dear God or universe, if he is a trans girl, then please let me see him as a girl one day. Not just call him by a new name and refer to him as her. If he is really a girl, please let me one day look at him and see my daughter, see her in my heart as who she is, not as a boy that I carried and nursed and raised and lost, but just as my beautiful daughter. Please. A few months later, after therapist number four, the right therapist, many visits to a support group for trans families, and speaking with experts in this field, I see my daughter. I now know that up to 50% of trans youth do not present until they start going through puberty or later. Up to 50% do not have any signs of gender dysphoria as little kids, but may seem to be depressed or have difficulty making friends or have sensory issues or get immersed and obsessed with various topics or attempt self-harm to try to feel something when they don't quite know what it is that is not feeling right. And some may seem perfectly fine until their body starts going through puberty. My daughter, Ava, is a completely different person than she was in the last year. She has true friends, ones that she calls and initiates going out with. She loves time with family, music, and theater. She still idolizes her older brother and is still a genius, but she also initiates hugging me no less than five times a day. She reaches out and holds my hand while we watch TV or are driving to school. She has a spark in her eyes, again, that I hadn't seen since shortly after her sister was born. I share this story with you because I had not heard stories like my child's. I did everything wrong when my daughter first told me she's a girl because the majority of trans stories in the media are about kids who present as toddlers. I couldn't accept the truth until I finally went to a support group and heard stories from parents of teens and young adults that sounded so similar to mine. That's the power of storytelling and sharing our truth. Maybe this is the story of someone else you know or even your child. Ava is most definitely not allergic to hugs. Ava was in the wrong body. Thank you.